Amen. Would you stand with me as we go to the reading of the word of the Lord? And tech team, I'm just going to jump down to verse 14 of chapter 3. Verse 14 of chapter 3 in Genesis. We're going to go to the beginning of the book. I promise not to preach the whole book, but I will start in Genesis today. Genesis chapter 3, verses 14 through 19. And the Lord God said unto the serpent, Because thou hast done this, thou art cursed above all cattle and above every beast of the field. Upon thy belly thou shalt go, and dust thou shalt eat. Does anybody know what we are made of? The dust of the earth. The curse also included the understanding that Satan would try to get at us try to consume us because he cannot get at God. So the curse included God's wisdom. Dust shalt thou eat all thy days of thy life. And I will put enmity between thee and the woman, between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head and thou shalt bruise his heel. Another prophecy that Jesus is going to be born. The woman is going to give birth to the thing that crushes the head of the serpent. Amen. His authority has been destroyed. Amen. Unto the woman, he said, I will greatly multiply thy sorrow in thy conception, pain and birth. In sorrow thou shalt bring forth children, and thy desire shall be to thy husband, and, thou sh- and he shall rule over thee. And unto Adam, he said, because thou hast hearkened not, or hearkened unto the voice of thy wife, understand he was standing there when they made the decision, and hast eaten of the tree of which I commanded thee, saying, Thou shalt not eat of it. Everybody say disobedience. And then say, Brought the curse. Cursed is the ground for thy sake. In sorrow thou shalt eat of it all the days of thy life. When your alarm clock goes off at 5 a.m., you can just go, Thank you, Adam. <laughs> you got to go to work and it's a pain. You can just go, Thank you, Adam. So then the scripture says in verse number 18, and this is where I want to focus. Thorns also and thistles shall it bring forth to thee. Does anybody know why God would say that if there already was thorns on the rose or thistles in the ground? It's because there wasn't according to scripture. Thorns and thistles came from the curse, the fall. So it says, thorns and thistles shall it bring forth to thee, and thou shalt eat of the herb of the field. In verse 19, in the sweat of thy face shalt thou eat bread. In other words, you're going to work and sweat, men. Every time you're working on a job and you start to sweat, you can say this was what the curse brought to the earth. Till thou return unto the ground, for out of it wast thou taken, and from dust thou art, and to dust shalt thou return. I want to focus on verse number 18 as we turn to Matthew chapter 27. Matthew chapter 27. And verse number 29. Verse, of course, 28 says, And they stripped him and put him in a scarlet robe. This is referring to Jesus. But then verse 29 says, And when they had platted a crown of thorns, one translation says, 
when they had woven a crown of thorns. They put it upon his head and a reed in his right hand, and they bowed the knee before him and mocked him, saying, Hail, King of the Jews. The curse brought the thorn, but Jesus wore it on his head to destroy the power of the thorns. And I just want to preach to you for a little while, not long, maybe 15 minutes, on the relics of a reverse curse. The relics of a reversed curse. Thank you, Jesus, for your word and for the power that we have in our life and what God has chosen to do with the pains of this earth. I'm thankful that you have turned it all around, that you have reversed everything in our life that could be called a disaster and turned it into destiny. I thank you for someone here who's under the weight of pains today. Maybe you would help them to see that their pain can be brought to perfection through you, Jesus. In your precious name we pray. In Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. amen. You may be seated in the house of the Lord. Hallelujah. One of the questions I get asked most probably as a pastor is, if God loves us, why does he allow pain in our lives? Have you ever asked heaven that question? Be honest with me. Have you ever had a moment where you were just distraught and you said, why God? Why would you allow me to hurt like this? Why would you allow this pain in my life? Why would you allow me to be distressed in this situation that I'm in? And while I have to handle that carefully because each one of us are walking through a different path in understanding that we are all learning how to walk with God in our faith and our faith grows as we go through things and, and each of one works out our own uh, salvation with fear and trembling, amen? I understand that as a pastor, but I can also tell you that regardless of what you feel right now, there is a blessing in pain, amen? And it's, it's hard to understand that a cross, a, a crucifixion, a, a ruthless Roman uh, torture device could ever be called a blessing in our life, but we still have the cross on buildings, and we still have the cross on platforms, and we still have the cross uh, in, in our life because that grotesque thing that was once used to kill criminals put the weight of our sin on Jesus Christ and allowed us to walk in the blessing of freedom, amen? The blessing of renewed and refreshed life and brought a death that brought life that gave us the power of the Holy Spirit. And I'm thankful today that I can stand before you and say there still is a cross in my life. I'm still carrying the pain and the weights of life, and it will care. I will carry it till I go into that grave. But there's something else that happened in my life. I was born again, amen. And when I was born again, I took on the spirit of God, that spirit of resurrection, and it now pulses in my life. And so I can tell you that regardless of the pain that may come to my life, there is a place in Jesus Christ where there is no pain and there is no more suffering and there is no 
more death. And he not only handed it to us when we walked through the grave and head to heaven, but he gave us an earnest of that inheritance by putting his spirit inside of us. And now when we walk into the presence, I feel like preaching in this place. I hope you don't mind some Pentecost in the moment. But I feel like preaching that to you that there is only one place on this planet where you can experience the lack of pain. And that is in the presence of Almighty God. That is in his presence. For in his presence is the fullness of joy. I promise you today that while you're standing worshiping the Lord, something's happening in your heart of hearts. That while you're carrying the cross of your life and you're dealing with your pains and your suffering, when you stand and you lift your hands, the Bible says, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. And it's referring to Jesus on the cross, but it also refers to us lifting him up in prayer. And while we're praying and while we're praising, all of a sudden the pain is shed off of our our life and we step into the presence of almighty God and there's something that happens in time where eternity shows up and witnesses and manifests itself in this moment God is here and where he is there is joy because for a moment we're released from the pains of life and for a moment we stand in his presence as we originally should have in the garden, where we're blessed to walk with God and where we're enlightened in his presence and where we enjoy the beauty of the original manifestation of God in the walk with God. Of course, Eve, we know, was promised or the curse of sin brought the pain of childbearing. We know that Adam was promised the pain of bringing forth the fruit from the ground. We even know that the earth was cursed and used to bring forth its bounty, but now only thorns and thistles. Each understanding of these curses, we know that the earth now groans for redemption, Romans 8.22. That literally the earth is shaking and groaning for its longed, its lo- and longing for the place of redemption it had in its original creation. The earth even knows that it is broken. And so we know pain has come. Serpent, of course, being cursed to the ground to walk, and to not to walk, but to slither on the ground and to consume dust. And so we know that trouble is in our life. You know, they used to say, don't trouble trouble until trouble troubles you. I don't know if you've ever heard that saying before, but you can't get away from trouble, brothers and sisters. Life is full of trouble The human existence is synonymous with pain. And we know that the thorns came at the fall. And though there's beauty in our life blooming, just down the stem is the thorn of life. So every beautiful thing has a struggle to get there. Every beautiful thing, if you reach to take hold of it, there's going to be some pain in it somewhere. Everything that you find in this life that you say is magnificent and glorious will take work to get a hold of it. You will have to go through some pain to see perfect things. And nothing really can be said about the thorns any more than we understand they were fashioned or formed and they were the Bible says, woven and placed upon his head. And 
we know that the capillary beds of the head are, are close to the skin. And so when they placed the crown upon his head and then they pressed it in, it broke the capillary beds, which caused him to bleed profusely. I don't know if you've ever watched any kind of boxing or MMA fighting of any kind, but if you ever see someone that gets a head wound right in this area, their whole face just goes red because they just can't stop the bleeding. They'll be pulled to the side. They'll wax the cut. They'll do everything they can to help the person in the fight, but no matter what they do, they just keep bleeding, and that's what would have happened to Jesus. His face turned red from the pressing of the thorns on his head. These are the things, the pains that he went through for us, brothers and sisters. Would somebody say, thank you, Jesus? But they took those things that they used to crucify him, and they in ways deified them. They took them in. They tried to preserve them and save them, and they took the crowns of thorns, and they transferred it from Jerusalem to Constantinople in 1063. And then a French king by the name of Louis VI took the, the relic of the crown of thorns to Paris in 1238, and he built there the Sante Chapoli, or the, the Saint Chapel, that was built in 1242 to 1248. And there they housed the crown of thorns that was placed upon Jesus' head. Jesus had been has died and resurrected, and the, the church has long been filled with the power that that thorn produced, amen? But they are still trying to hold on to the thing that was cursed. And sometimes in our life, we find ourselves trying to hold on to things of the past that we long needed to leave at Calvary, that we long needed to take to the house of God and lay them down. But they, some Somehow found a place and they rested the crown of thorns in a container in the house of the cha saint chapel. And the thorns at over time began to do something very interesting. They still to this day have the crown that was set upon Jesus's head. It is only pieces. It's only, it's, it's deteriorated down to just pieces and it's at the Notre Dame Cathedral in Paris it it actually survived the 2019 burning of the chapel when you heard on the news that it was destroyed the roof and the spire burned but they managed to save the particles that were left from the crown of thorns all this effort to save something that is just a relic and I wonder in our lives today if we are only saving relics, if we're looking at our life and saying, God did this and God did that, but the things that he does are only to lead you to the greater things that he wants to do in your life. And don't ever worship a miracle over the miracle giver. Don't ever worship the blesser over the one who gives the blessing. Don't ever worship the thorn over the one who removed the thorns. Don't ever look at the pain and only focus on the pain, but look at the one who took the pain away. 
And while they still have diminished pieces and, and particles of the crown, something very interesting has happened. The thorns themselves have completely diminished. And so the crown of thorns that is in the cathedral in Notre Dame, it still has the thing that they wove together. It still has pieces of it, but all the thorns are gone. The crown is now thornless. And I come to preach to you today at the house of God that the crown that he placed on his head was for me and for you to reverse the curse of the thorn in the garden. And he has taken what once was told to be a, a, a thing of, of treasure and he has turned it into something that no longer even exists in his presence. He has removed the thorns from our life when we are in the presence of God. So I ask you today, what pains have you carried to the house of God? What struggles are you going through right now that you have been looking at and longing for God to touch or step in, but truly have been looking at too long? Can I just tell you when pain comes to your life, you need to begin to process pain in a completely different way. Now that he's removed the thorns, you need to live a thornless life, brothers and sisters. You need to understand that pain will be there, but it is just a relic of a reverse curse. It is simply a relic left over. It is something that men would try to enshrine, but God never meant for us to think and, and to stay connected to the crown of thorns. He meant for us to lay it down and realize that in his presence is fullness of joy. God can God can do that. God can take pain and make it a blessing. God can remove the thorns from the painful places of your life. Everybody point toward the ceiling, God, and then go, can. You just learned how to say God can in sign language. But I do it kind of like a Colin McGregor winning a fight. God can. Sometimes I have to have those moments can do this. I know God can do this. God can get me through this. Sometimes you have to have something that encourages you, and I dare you to process your pain. Look at it and say, that's just a relic. I know it hurt to go through divorce, but that's just a relic. I know it hurt to go through things and struggles, but those are just relics. Those were handled at the cross. Those were handled when he put a crown of thorns on so I can put on a crown of life in this life. Amen. So I can put on a crown of victory, his victory. But God uses pain. There are things God can do through pain that he cannot do through any other means. Understand that though the crown of thorns seems to be present, it is still thornless in his presence. Pain is the gift that nobody wants. It's how we know we are alive. It was, it's what tells us that's hot. It's what tells us don't go there. It's what tells us you've stepped over the boundaries of a proper relationship, pain, heartache, suffering. It tells us where we have to pull back from. Humanity, like I said, deals with pain. So as long as you're human, somebody pinch yourself. Do, do, do you feel that? That means you're human. That means you're going to have pain in life. 
As long as you are alive on this earth, you will have pain. But he's removed the thorns of those pain, brothers, of that pain, brothers and sisters. That is the message of hope. People try to insulate themselves from pain. You know it. They take out all kinds of insurance. They, they, they think that their affluence can insulate them. They think that their achievements and their pop and their prosperity, maybe even the prestige of knowing the right people, but pain never leaves us. You can be in a penthouse and have pain, or you can be in a mud house and have pain. You don't have the possibility of running from your pain. You can only keep running long enough to where pain catches up to you. You can be bitter or you can be better because of pain, brothers and sisters. You can choose to give it to the Lord and say his thorns meant something to me and he took the thorn of pain out so whenever I give it to him he'll use it for his glory. I don't need to quote Romans 8 28 because I quote it almost every time I'm up here, Brother Reese, but he does all work all things together for good. Amen. If you release it to him, God can take away the pain and use it. For his glory, everybody suffers pain. The king of Samaria, when he tore his garments underneath were sackcloth and ashes. Even kings went through pain in scripture. We know that we have pain, that we go through pain, that the rich and the poor go through pain. Everyone suffers in this life, but God can. Everybody point to the ceiling. God can use it for his glory. C.S. Lewis said, God whispers to us in our pleasures, speaks to us in our consciousness, but he shouts in our pain. Pain is God's megaphone to a deaf world. God will use pain to draw people to the cross. In fact, he used pain and suffering to win us. And if you ever think God doesn't love you, just look at what he did for you, and you'll realize that he was willing to suffer pain to have you in his life. God did not want an empty heaven. He came down, robed himself in flesh, and died in pain and suffering so he could give you a life free of the curse of sin and death. He did that for you. God even suffered pain in his physical body on earth. But you choose what to do with it. Either pain can draw you closer to God or it can push you away from God. Pain can defeat you or pain can develop you. It's a fact. Amen. Your strength comes from the Lord. And so I can tell you my story. You've heard it plenty of times, but I want to give you six ways that pain helps you. And these are not, these are not um, original to me. But I want you to know that everything that I've gone through built me strong enough. Every pain that I suffered through, Brother Jonica, was, was what built me strong enough to wait on God for this task that I'm in right now. To be a pastor and to stand where I am right now and to keep waiting on the Lord to do his work in people's lives and to watch God uh, as I watch people go through pain and yet watch God work through those pains, work through that suffering, work through that difficulty and have God bring them out the other side. I've watched people go through the worst of tragedies and I've seen some who caved and fell and, and just completely walked away from God. But I've watched others walk through that pain and just given it to the Lord and just kept giving it to the Lord and kept giving it to 
the Lord, and I don't know why I'm going through this. I don't know why I have to go through this. I don't know why this pain is in my life, but Lord, if you put on a thorn of a, a crown of, of thorns, I can walk through this life. If you went through pain and suffering to buy my soul, then I can walk through this life in this body, given my life to you, and I watch them walk out the other side, and they become more beautiful. They learn how to be more patient on the things of God. I watch them walk up to pray for a brother and sister, and miracles happen because of the faith that came out of the pain they walked through. It is not just a pain that you have to go through. It's a pain that God can use. God can use it for your good. And because he uses it for your good, you can then use it for others' good. When I anoint people with oil, it's not because I, I believe that just the oil is going to do the job or just the obedience. I am combining years of faith, of putting up with pains. I never chose myself, but I walked through them and God used them for his glory. Pain, number one, will direct you. Pain will direct your life. Pain points us in new directions. God gives us a wake-up call through pain. And brothers, if we need anything in this life right now, we need the church to be shaken. We need to be awoke, not the woke that this world talks about. That's a joke to heaven. But the awakening of a church, the waking of a people that says God can still use where we are in this earth. I don't know why we are here, but we are here. And that means that God is not done with his church. And I say, wake up, brothers and sisters. If there is a God and if he can do anything, then he still has miracles to do, signs and wonders to do in this earth. Because we are still here. Adversity changes destiny. And we are in an adverse time. And we're going to see the change of destiny for many souls through this adverse time. Pain can direct you. Number two, pain inspects us. They say, uh, Brother Dean, you'll like this one. You've heard it probably before. Christians are like a tube of toothpaste. The harder you squeeze, the more you know what's inside of them. What's inside you comes out when you get into moments of pain. And you may not like what comes out, but you have grace. And you, all you got to do is in the instant you lose your temper, in the instant you fall away from something that looks like good godly behavior, you just say, Lord, I'm sorry. I didn't know that was in there. Thank you for this pain because this pain inspected me. It showed me what I was on the inside. Another one is Christians are like tea bags. You don't know what they are until you put them into hot water. <laughs> Number two is important because it tests your faith. And you have to understand that pain is a, is a proper tool in the hands of God. It is a place of bitterness when it's not given to God. But in the hands of the Lord, it is a proper tool to build your faith. And pain, when it brings forth through your faith, patience, that patience gives you the ability to stand in even more difficult times. What you're going through right now is building you for what you will step into next. 
And God has always built you for what's coming next. And so he'll bring some pain sometimes to your life to inspect you in this season so that you can be able and strong enough to step into the next season of what he wants to do for you. I would not be here today if you told me when I was 12 that you were going to start a church and carve out a church. But today I'm like, bring it on. We can do this. With the Lord's help, we can do this. I can't do this on my own, but with the Lord's help, we can do this. Why? Because I step from each season through going through pain and letting God have it, just giving it to the Lord. And each season he stepped me. The steps of a righteous man are ordered of the Lord. And sometimes the order is painful. Sometimes the order is not comfortable, but I'd rather have discomfort and walk into a place that God can use me and still walk into his presence and say, here is where there are no thorns. Here is where there are only relics of a reverse curse. Here is where God uses us in the moments of pain. Number three, pain corrects us. King Manassas was evil and did evil in the sight of the Lord. He was a, a son of a king that was righteous, but he only did evil. And because he reigned for so long, he did evil for a long time. But the Bible says that when he was carried away into captivity, he was carried away with a thorn. And many historians in the scripture understand that they would actually put a hook through the jaw of the king and drag them away. Literally a brass hook through their jaw and pull them into the place of their captivity. And so it is found in scripture that while he was an evil king, when they hooked his jaw and carried him away into captivity. The Bible says that he cried out to God in his affliction and he turned from his evil ways that sometimes pain corrects us. And as grotesque as that may seem, God can use it. In this world today, we may see some pain that we don't even understand as of yet. We may see some things coming, and some of us that are spiritual look at the world and see its brokenness, and, and it, affects our, it affects our life in ways that we have to pray about it. We literally pray about things that we're not even involved in, but we pray about people and lifestyles and situations and hurts and pains that we see in this world. They're not our pains, but we're praying for other people's pains. But while we're doing that, maybe God puts some sort of hook into their life. Maybe God puts some sort of an arm around them and brings people that would never come to God. Oh, Lord, help us. That would never come to God. He drags them out of their bondage and he pulls them into a place where they cry out to God and they say, I want something more than the thorns of this life. I want more than the pain of captivity. I want you, Lord, what kind of revival can come from those that turn their pain into prayers? The pains they see, the things that they're looking at. Pray about it, brothers and sisters. Because some people will not hear the warnings. You can be warned all you want to about the stove is hot, but some children simply have to touch the hot stove to believe it. And there are some people in this world right now that are simply running headlong into places of destruction and they will not take the warning. But if we will pray, God will use it for his glory. David said in Psalms 119.71, the affliction was good for me. How can you call an affliction good for you? 
But he's using the pain. David said, I gave the pain to the Lord. And when I gave it to the Lord, he used it. And now I call the affliction a blessing because it took me from one place to the next place in God. Number four, pain protects you. Believe it or not, pain protects you. Paul Rand wrote a book about the life that he lived helping the leper colonies. And he said, leprosy is not what takes away the fingers and the toes Literally, the disease itself eats away at the nervous system, and they lose the ability to feel. They cannot feel what they're touching, cannot feel. And so what they do is they touch a fence, and they get a finger caught, and they pull it off because they cannot feel the pain. You lose things when you become desensitized. And so what he says in the book is pain actually is designed to protect you. Joseph said, what you intended for evil, God meant for good to his brothers. And his dream looked nothing like what he thought it was going to be when he got there. But God used it, amen, because God can. Somebody help me out. God can. God can do it. He's able to do it. He is not only in authority and able to do it, but God can. Number five, six ways God uses pain is it perfects you. Everybody say perfects you. How we respond to the relics of the past is how we are perfected. If we look at the things that hurt us and we say, well, if only I had a better upbringing, if only I had a better mom and dad to train me. If only I had. You will stay in that victim mentality the rest of your life because you have trained yourself to look at the relics of a reverse cur of a curse. But I'm asking you to look at the re relics of a reverse curse today and say God can use this. That as we are weaving, the loom of life is building a garment for heaven. Amen? And that the patience that's built from our faith through pain is actually putting together and weaving and stitching in the loom of life a garment that we put on. And when we come into this place, we shed off the garments of pain and the garments of suffering. And we put on a garment of praise in this place. You can do it wherever you are. You don't have to be in church but it protects you, it keeps you, it perfects you, amen? And you can, like Paul said, I rejoice in my trials and tribulations because they perfect me. That is the garment of life that is built for eternity, amen? You can find yourself putting on garments of praise in the middle of pain. Sarah's mother my mother-in-law is a beautiful woman of God. She's been through several disability, dis disabling situations, colon cancer, had a bacteria attack the aorta of her heart, and she had to have a mechanical valve put in. And now she says when she lays in bed, she can hear it clicking inside as it, it's opening and closing to bring blood through her body. All the things she's been through, but there's one thing she does. 
The reason why none of those pains and none of that suffering and a woman who's walked with God ever since she was converted from, Luther, from a Lutheran church, they found a Pentecostal church through a truck driver who had Acts 2.38 written on the side of his door on the truck. And he, they, my father-in-law asked him, what is that? We found out about, they thought they were the only ones on planet earth that knew about Jesus' name, baptism, because they read it in the book of Acts. And they asked him, he said, oh no, have you been filled with the Holy Ghost as well? And he's like, well, my and then ended up happened that it happened to my mother-in-law and and then he came home one day walked into the house and he's like God said I visited your home today and he's like what happened in this place asking my mother-in-law and she said I went back to the bedroom and I began to speak in other tongues as the spirit gave me the utterance I was filled with the Holy Ghost he said God told me that he visited my house today and a few weeks later he couldn't help himself he had to pull off to the side of the road because tears began to run down his cheek and God stepped into that cab, sat down beside him and he began to speak in other tongues and now he is the pastor of Muskego Apostolic Tabernacle and he's been living for God all his life but they have been through so much pain and I asked them how do you get through this? In my mind I was asking how do they get through this and my mother-in-law said every day every day in my prayer time I make a point to just worship for the Lord to just dance. It doesn't take much. Just a few steps of praise, a little dance of worship, a little lifting of my hands. I don't ever let the pain hold my arms down. I don't ever let the pain slope my shoulders so much that I can only see the ground, that I only see how hard it is to walk through life. But I lift my head and lift my eyes to the hills from whence cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord. And I begin to worship him and she said whenever I have a praise I don't feel like praising sometimes I don't feel like worshiping him sometimes but I just dance before the Lord she said every day I dance before the Lord and I worship him and it takes my pain and it makes it into something that turns into progress in my life my pain becomes progress and it's only now just a relic. Pain is just a relic. It is just something that's put in a box left back in the corner closet. That yes, I went through that. Yes, it hurt at the time. But it only speaks to my survival. It only speaks to that I healed and went on. It only speaks to my progress in God. That I lived through it. That I made it out. And it perfected me in God. Number six, it'll bless you. Pain can bless you. Where you look back through the relics of time and you dig through the box of trophies and things you've gone through in life and things that you won and things that didn't seem so great. Just remember, he takes away the thorns. Someone said amen. Only he could do it. Only God could come and do it, for the offense was with God our Father. And so he had to come as son and recover us to himself. And because God is Jesus manifest in flesh, the Bible says that he brought us to himself. He brought us to himself. In other words, through him, we have recovery. Through him, we have been set free. 
And so I have you stand today reminding us that these are the things that happen but don't impede our progress. These are the things that come against us, but the thorns have disintegrated. They're no longer there. These are just leftovers of a life that he purchased us out of. These are only relics of a reverse curse. Thank you, Jesus, for your word today. I pray if there's any pain in this house that has held someone back, that you remind them that you are the king of glory, that you are the king of all things, that you came and suffered and died, but you rose as the king of kings and the Lord of lords. Would you lift your hand and praise him in a way that he deserves, not in a way that reminds heaven of your pain, but praise him in a way that reminds the earth that he purchased you, he progressed you, and he bought you with a thorn's crown that there is nothing left to look at in the box, that all the things you've been through deserve to be sent over to Salvation Army. They deserve to be sent over to goodwill, for they no longer have meaning in the sense that they hold pain in your life. But you have been set free from those curses. You have been set free from everything. And so today, we bow our heads before you. This altar's open. If you want to come, maybe there's something that has been weighing on your heart. Maybe you in your spirit have have your shoulders bowed under the weight of workload, under the weight of, of relationship, under the weight of something someone said. I want to tell you he took a crown of thorns for you. And the thorns are no longer there. In his presence, there is thornless joy. In his presence, there is fullness of joy. The altar's open. Would you worship him today? Would you worship him today as the King of kings and the Lord of lords? Would you bow your knee? Would you turn your heart back? Whatever needs to take place, it's between you and God. Do it right now. It's the world. Bow down and say you are God.